speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, at midnight, there was a cry, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the, afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Five of those bridesmaids, well, they were fools. Yeah, they were foolish. Five of them, though, were wise. Yes, five bridesmaids were wise. The reason being, well, those foolish bridesmaids, they failed to take extra oil for their lamps. As a result, they missed out on the great wedding banquet. They sure did. And so the point of Jesus' parable from the reading of the Gospel of Matthew here this morning is quite clear. The point is quite clear for you and for me. Don't be like a foolish bridesmaid. Yes, don't be like a foolish bridesmaid. Do not be a fool. Jesus is coming back someday, and if you are not careful, you will miss out on the great and that great glorious day of eternal life. But you and I are not fools, are we? Nah, we're not fools. Unfortunately, my friends, we often are. Yeah, we often are. You see, it is important to understand that being foolish is not necessarily about having a low IQ, having bad grades, or having a low mark on the ACT. The bridesmaids were not foolish because they were dumb hicks or uneducated country peasants or backwards blue-collar workers. But instead, they were foolish because they were not prepared. They were not alert to the fact that the groom was coming. What this means is that it is quite possible to have a high IQ and still be a fool. It is possible to be a city slicker or a white-collar worker and still be a fool. The reason being, a fool is someone who does not have oil for their lamp. A fool does not recognize that the groom is coming and the wedding feast is at hand. 
And so we could say the fools are everywhere. You and I, yes, and you and I, we are more often than not among those fools as well. For example, consider all the energy that we spend, all the energy that we spend trying to avoid the reality of the coming of death. Now, please do not deceive yourself. Each and every one of us tries to avoid the idea of death. We try to avoid the idea of the end, the end being death itself. For example, young people. Yes, you young people. Young people in America spend a tremendous amount of time avoiding anything associated with death. They often avoid funerals. And when they do attend a funeral, well, the funeral is not a funeral, but it is a so-called celebration of life, a hip and happy celebration and a peppy time for life. Furthermore, the movies of young people always have a hero that seems to avoid death. And if the hero does die in one movie, they somehow come back to life or escape the clutches of death in the next movie, and they come back even more fierce and more powerful in the next movie. And in video games... The gaming characters, they die, but with a single press of a button, they regain their life, a new heart on their status, and then they can finish out their mission with a bonus life. Indeed, when young individuals go the way of foolishness, they live as if there is no end, as if death is not in front of them. They put death off as something that they consider later on in life when they get old. But that's the problem, though. Nobody seems to be getting old anymore. As we hear from culture, 40 is the new 30, and 60, well, it's the new 40. You see, age is being redefined every single week so that nobody is old. Everyone is apparently young, even if you are old. As a result, those older in age live just as much in foolishness as the young people do. Now, to pick on you older folks... I want to mention this, I cannot count the number of times, the number of conversations that I've had over the years, in the last 20 years, with older individuals worrying about if they have enough money to make it. Will they have enough money to make it? Well, at the very same time, death may be right around the corner from them. For example, if a person has $200,000 in the bank, is collecting a pension as well as Social Security, and is 82 years old, with below average health, There is no way that they will run out of money. Considering that life expectancy is 79 years old in America, they've already beat the average death rate by three years, the odds of death by three years. However, the fact still remains that they will die before they will ever have to worry about running out of money. But here's the point. When foolishness sets in, when foolishness grabs a hold of the mind, when foolishness grabs a hold of their worldview, well... These older individuals believe that they're going to run out of money because they believe that they will live forever. They function as if there is no end, which is the reason why they worry that their money won't last. Sure, if they live to be 130 years old, they perhaps might run out of money, but clearly, this is not reality. To the point, a fool lives in a fake world. A fool denies the reality of death. Regardless, though, death, it comes for us all. Whether we are young or whether we are old, we cannot escape it. That is, unless Jesus comes back first, though. And this brings us to the second area of our foolishness. 
In our parable that we heard here from this morning, in the reading of the Gospel of Matthew, it is clear that groom Jesus is going to come back. In fact, we confess it here each and every Sunday. We confess, we say Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead, that he will come back someday again. Now, dear friends, if we do not die first, we must mark this. There will be an end to this life under the sun with Christ's second coming. So hear this loud and clear. The fact of the matter is this. The fat lady will sing. The music will stop. We will not pass go. The game will end. Things will not go on forever. You see, there's only two outcomes. Only two outcomes. Either everything will come to the end for you and me when we hit that cold grave and we're buried six feet under, or Jesus ends everything by coming back again. That's the only two options. If we do not comprehend this reality, well, we are fools. We're fools to be pitied. You see, when we act like this, and when we think like this, we're no better off than those silly bridesmaids that had a lamp with no oil. Our foolishness will result in you and I missing the heavenly banquet. Now, please know that this is hard to say. These words are very, very hard to say. They're hard because Jesus' parable is a very, very hard parable. It is a very sobering parable. You see, Jesus, he's intending to tell you and me, he's tending to say this in this parable. He's saying this, listen up, stay alert. Don't be a blind, stupid fool. You have no idea when I might come back again. And so if we do not want to be a fool, yeah, if we do not want to be a fool, we obviously need to be wise. We need to be wise like those five other bridesmaids to be wise indeed. Now, perhaps you and I might think that being wise is to have a superior intellect or a high IQ. But no, that is not the case, as we've already mentioned. Being wise is nothing more, though, than being alert. That's the whole key. To be wise is to be alert, to be attentive, to be aware. In fact, Jesus uses the same word wise, the same word wise, numerous other times in the New Testament. The word wise is applied to that man who builds his house, not upon the sand, but upon the rocks, for he knew the storms would come. The word wise is used also of that shrewd manager who lost his job, but he gathered friends for himself, that he was wise preparing for what was coming, his unemployment. And so the point of this is being wise is not to be book smart, or to be some sort of sage, but simply being prepared, not only for death, but also for Jesus' second coming. Now, with all of this said, is Jesus calling us to be a bunch of preppers, as, as they would say? Well, in a way, this is exactly what he's calling us, is to be preppers, but not necessarily preppers who are preparing for the dangers of a natural disaster or societal collapse or a nuclear war by stockpiling a bunch of supplies and goods. Instead, we are to be prepared by having oil, oil for our lamps. And that oil is nothing else other than the forgiveness of sins, the grace of God for sinners such as you and me. But here's the catch. Here is the kicker. Here's what is so incredibly powerful for you and me to consider right now. The fool, mark this, the fool is the one who thinks he does not need forgiveness. The fool is the one who thinks he does not need grace. 
which is why his lamp is always empty. But the wise, well, the wise, well, they will always have their lamps full of oil, the forgiveness of sins. Not because they have somehow acquired the grace of God by their own reason or their own strength, but instead they have this oil because they simply have received it as a sheer gift, as a gift. Hear this loud and clear. The very thing needed to be admitted to the heavenly banquet is the very thing that the groom, Jesus Christ, gives you as a gift. Hear that loud and clear. As a sheer gift. My friends, look upon Christ and his gifts. His gifts for you. In Christ, you not only have wisdom, but you have oil for your lamps. That oil which is the divine favor, the divine forgiveness, the divine righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, all for you as a sheer gift. And so, wise saints, remember your baptisms. This day, right now, be alert, open the eyes, chins up. Look at this font. Remember your baptisms. You were snatched from darkness unto light. You were marked as one of the redeemed. God put his name upon you to claim you as his own so that you would never escape his grasp. You belong to Christ and are claimed by him, and you are prepared for the end in Christ. God be praised. Wise saints, open your ears. Remember the absolution in this church. Hear it again and again and again. In those ears, may it be cemented in your ears. You are not condemned. No matter what the world says, no matter what the devil whispers into your ears, no matter what your old Adam says, you are not condemned. Christ's word is stronger than death. It is stronger than the whispers of evil. You are not condemned in Jesus Christ. That absolution will hold you to the end and through the end. Why, saints, Receive Christ's body and blood. And in so doing, know that you kneel at a heavenly banquet. Yes, at a heavenly banquet that is a foretaste of the eternal banquet to come where there is no more death, where there is no more suffering, no more fear. Wise saints, you and I do not know the last day of our life when when we will be tucked into our graves. And we do not know the last day when Jesus will return to take us home. But we do know that oil, that the word and sacraments, they're here for us today. They're for you. And the word and sacraments will be here for us yet again tomorrow and the week after that. And the week after that and after that and after that. This means that we will never be low on oil. There is more grace in Christ, more forgiveness in Christ than we have sins, and he never stops blessing and giving it to us, to you. May God preserve us and keep us full, full of his forgiveness, until that day when he awakes us and takes us to that great wedding banquet. In the name of Jesus, amen. strong word bespeaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from pastor matthew richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org 
or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The The Lord Lord bless and keep you. you.